Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I am so glad that you are here with us. It warms all my heart-related regions. This week, we are going to talk about Iron Man and examine three different eras of Iron Man by way of reading the comics like we like to do here on Panel Riot. But before we can do that, intern Stan, a theme song, if you please. Yes, yes, yes. Nothing gets you pumped up like a little Marvel Cinematic Universe theme music. Uh, And that was, of course, from the uh, 2009, I believe, uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. The first first Marvel property to be made uh, into a film on uh, such a large scale. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm being told by Intern Stan that was 2008. 2008, thank you very much, Intern Stan, for doing that research for me, so that I don't have to. Uh, Yes, the very first uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe film uh, is, of course, Iron Man, starring Robert Downey Jr. came out in 2008, and um, it was really, really good. It was really, really good. I don't need to tell you that probably I'm sure you've seen it at this point Uh, if you haven't why what are you doing here why are you listening to a podcast about comics when you haven't seen the first Iron Man movie it's great it holds up go and check it out Uh, it launched what was not a super popular character um, into the stratosphere. He is now one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Universe, something that I hope to illustrate in some small way with this week's episode of Panel Riot. Because this week, what we're going to do is we're going to read a little Iron Man. We're going to read a little Iron Man. Why? Well, two reasons. Uh, number one is because uh, Brian Michael Bendis recently announced that he is picking up Iron Man after the Secret Wars event comes to an end. Um, He will be writing the Invincible Iron Man. He's already leaked a few few pages and uh, a few covers and everything like that. It looks great. Um, They haven't told us much about it. I'm interested to find out what the deal is, um, considering the way Tony was left when the 616 universe went down. as the uh, he was superior Iron Man, he due to the Axis event, basically his self control was completely gone, and he was all ego at that point, and uh, that made for some pretty good reading. I think I've mentioned that on the show before. That Superior Iron Man was a fun book to read. Uh, it was it was a blast. It didn't thrill a lot of people, but a lot of people are wrong about a lot of things very often. So, 
I'm excited about that. I love Brian Michael Bendis and his writing, and I can't wait to see what he does with the character. On top of that, I also love Matt Fraction. But, Will, what does that have to do with this week's episode? Well, I'll tell you. Matt Fraction had a very long run on Iron Man. Uh, he took the character from from 2008 to uh, 2012, I believe, um, July to October, if my sources are correct. And um, he did a lot of really fun stuff with it. Uh, I would say it's probably one of my favorite Iron Man runs, um, especially it's it's so long. Um, it's been connect- collected in two, count them, two Marvel omnibuses. Um, omnibuses? Omnibuy? Omnibuy. I'm going to say it's Omnibuy because that is so much more fun to say than omnibuses. Omnibuses just sounds incorrect and wrong and, and filthy on my tongue. So I have been reading uh, some Iron Man, a little bit of a uh, little bit of Matt Fraction Iron Man, and uh, I decided to start at the beginning with uh, the Five Nightmares. The Five Nightmares. This, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was released right around the same time as the film, uh, which was evidenced by one of the issues I'm, I was reading, featuring the actors just photographs of the actors from the film on the cover. Yes, they have been doing that for a very long time. This is not a recent development with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s covers. She's Agents of... Oh, oh, oh boy, we got a tense problem here. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. covers. Yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> so the general gist of these is that uh, Iron Man comes up against Ezekiel Stain, some of, son of Obadiah Stain. Um, he has, uh, he's kind of tinkering with his own, uh, his own body mechanics, body, uh, his own DNA and, uh, giving himself powers and so on and so forth. And it's, um, worked out pretty well for him. Uh, he wants to avenge the death of Obadiah by destroying Stark Industries. Now, since this came out around the same time as the movie, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee that it's, it's not a mistake that Obadiah is, uh, heavily featured in this, uh, by way of Ezekiel, uh, Obadiah had already been killed off, of course, but, um, it's also worth mentioning that, uh, Salvador La Roca, uh, is the artist on Invincible Iron Man, and he does absolutely phenomenal work, top to bottom, T to B, great work by Salvador La Roca, I don't know who's doing the colors offhand, um, but, uh, they are also doing great work, I feel like you can't get hired as a colorist on Iron Man without being able to make things look shiny, and uh, I gotta tell you, this person absolutely makes it look shiny, Frank de Armada, Frank de Armada, I'm, that's just how it looks, and Stephanie Peru, and uh, it appears that Stephanie Peru, the issue is dedicated to Stephanie Peru, 1981 to 2008, so I don't know what happened there, but... I don't know what happened there. That's about it. Um, so, uh, so there's a suicide bombing, and uh, the suicide bombers have repulsors in their chests and hands similar to uh, similar to Iron Man. This is also not a mistake that these show up a lot um, because they are also heavily featured in the Iron Man film. Um, we get to see what Obadiah Stane is, uh, is capable of, and, uh, of course, we learn a lot about Tony and what he's doing. Uh, we learn about the extremist armor, the undersheath that has to go underneath the armor that kind of links his nervous system to the Iron Man armor, and how it also links him to 
uh, his entire network, hey, did you hear that? Uh, it's <laughs> Runkeeper trying to get me to run. Shut up, Runkeeper. I'm doing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so where are we in the Tony Stark uh, history right now? Uh, this is post-Civil War. He is currently the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, which he which happened to him after Civil War because he championed the... Um, the Superhuman Registration Project. I can't believe that I've been doing this show for a year and haven't done a Civil War episode yet. Because, um, man, the Civil War is great. Uh, but you know what? It kind of makes sense because it's a time sink. I mean, that's a lot of comics to read. And if I really want to cover the Civil War properly, I want to go back and read all of them and really get into it. But um, anyway, off track. Post-Civil War, <laughs> Tony is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. working with Pepper. Not with Pepper. I'm not thinking Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts does, of course, feature heavily because this is an Iron Man book, and that's what happens in Iron Man books. Pepper Potts is in them. Uh, who am I? Th- Maria Hill. Maria Hill. He works uh, works very closely with Maria Hill uh, in this. There is a little bit of interaction with Rhodey in, uh, as War Machine in one of the one of the issues. Um, he also, of course, uh, runs into Thor. There are There's a large group of superheroes that gets killed. It's not a spoiler. And um, Tony goes to the funeral, and of course Thor shows up because he was friends with one of them. And uh, in Civil War, Thor was dead, essentially. So Tony cloned him. Tony and Reed Richards had cloned him, and uh, there was still a little bit of beef at this point. This was pre-Siege, Meaning that um, the Avengers, uh, the Avengers had not yet reassembled. I think Captain America still had an underground team. Um, no, Captain America was dead. He died at the end of Civil War. Also, not a spoiler. It's been out for years. Read it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got a little aggressive there. I got a little aggressive. Anyway, um, the point is, Obadiah Stane is. Uh, I, I, there's a, a little bit of inconsistency with the artwork, I feel, because in the early issues, um, he just looks like a goofy kid. He looks like this random goofy kid with with not great teeth, and as um, as the issues go on, he gets more and more sinister and more and more adult, if I'm honest. Um, his powers just burn the crap out of his skin, um, and he uh, eventually loses all his hair and has all these uh, burns all over his body. Uh, at one point, a bomb goes off and hurts Pepper, uh, to which Tony's response is to put a, um, a repulsor in her chest, um, the same way that he used to have his, and I believe that leads to uh, her wearing the danger suit, or not danger, rescue, rescue, and uh, rescue is like an Iron Man suit, but with no weapons technology, it's all for helping people, whatever. Um, so what happens is Obadiah decides to make his own suit and go after Iron Man. You can imagine basically as well how well that goes. Not great for Obadiah. Obadiah. Um, of course, there's a, you know, little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A twist. There's a twist. You think he killed Tony, but he didn't. And they actually end up fighting without any armor whatsoever. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he actually kills him. Uh, anyway, the writing is top notch. It is fantastic because it's Matt Fraction 
and Matt Fraction is one of the best comic writers in the business today. Hands down, no question. The art I've already talked about, it's great. And um, it's the start of a very long series of um, adventures for Tony Stark in the uh, Invincible Iron Man series. And I, I genuinely didn't know until I sat down to do this podcast that it went from 2008 to 2012. That is a long, long run, and that is almost unheard of in Marvel Comics nowadays. Oh, I forgot to mention... Zeke would kill me that I forgot to mention this. Uh, there is, um, <laughs> he thinks that the person setting off the bombs is AIM, Advanced Idea Me- Mechanics. And uh, he finds out that AIM is retitling themselves to be AGM, Advanced Genocide Mechanics. And he runs into a MODOG, not a MODOC, a MODOG, mental organism designed only for genocide. And it's. I feel like Matt Fraction was just like, I have always wanted to write something with Modoc, and I'm going to do it because he's hilarious. And I got to tell you, he is hilarious. He gibbers on endlessly, and Tony basically um, grabs him by the hair and throws him into orbit <laughs> and freezes him. Uh, it's a it's a fun little scene where he where Tony just doesn't take him seriously even in the slightest bit, and he's thinking about all these other things while he's fighting Aim and and Modoc, and um, at one point he says, "I really need to stop having rocket boots," because <laughs> I think he has uh, he's being chased by heat seeking missiles, and they are of course following his rocket boots, and he decides that uh, the time has come to wrap those up. Should you read it? Yes. Yes, you absolutely should read it. It's great. It's a fantastic read. If you just want to, if you want to be in it for the long haul, read the entire series, including the the Fear itself crossover. Go to town. It is good, good stuff. Uh, check it out at your earliest convenience. Check it out at panelriot.com. Um, we are currently hard at work on a all new panelriot.com. Uh, but while we're doing that, the old panel riot is still there waiting for you. It's still there. There's the Amazon tab. You can click on that, and there will be a link directly to The Invincible Iron Man by Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca, The Five Nightmares. Go and check it out at your earliest convenience. Also, also, please check out one of our delicious sponsors. They are wonderful. You are wonderful, and it is wonderful to have you here. Stick around for more Panel Riot after these messages. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. And we're back. We're back. Thank you very much to Metamorphosis, SpaPGH.com. They are absolutely delightful. They're the reason why anytime I'm around my girlfriend with my shoes off, she goes, Sparkle Toes, because that is what I got right now. And they are glorious. Check them out, SpaPGH.com. You will not be disappointed, I assure you. In the meantime, uh, I would also like to wish a speedy recovery to uh, Mia, Mia who owns Metamorphosis. Um, She had some recent health troubles, and uh, we here at Panel Riot are uh, 
praying for a very speedy for speedy recovery for you and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you soon we're talking about Tony Stark. We are talking about Iron Man, and you can't talk about Tony Stark, and you can't talk about Iron Man without talking about extremists. Extremists. Warren Ellis, illustrations by Addy Granov, one of the best Iron Man stories ever, ever. That is not hyperbole. That is not, uh, I'm not uh, speaking out of turn here. It is the best when it comes to Iron Man 2005 uh, to 2006, and it redefined who the character was, who Tony Stark was, and who Iron Man was. Uh, It was, of course, before the film, but it introduced a lot of elements that would later be used in the films. Um, it, uh, one, I've talked about it before on the show, I feel, um, and it it was quite a bit distracting because Iron Man, they drew Tony Stark to look like uh, uh, Tom Cruise, and that was very distracting <laughs> throughout the entire <laughs> the entire run of this comic. Um, this was before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man. Basically, if you draw Iron Man nowadays, you're drawing Robert Downey Jr. in one form or another. But this was this was pre that, and it it was absolutely Tom Cruise. Um, Obviously, you can see this for yourself. Go to panelriot.com, click on the Amazon link, and there will be uh, there will be <laughs> sorry a link to uh, to the extremist comic there waiting for you. I want to talk for a second about Addy Granov's art because it's great. If you have seen any of his stuff, you know it is um, somehow organic while also being very, very detailed. Um, The coloring is always very distinct and the entire style. He's not one for backgrounds. Addy Granoff does not spend a lot of time working on backgrounds, which is fine. Um, You don't need that in uh, in a book like this. All you need is very bare bones, usually just some textures, things like that, and it's... um, it applies. Or it, it, it frames the darkness of this comic very, very well because it is a very, very dark story. Um, it's very, <laughs> really violent, uh, really very gory. Um, at one point, someone's head gets exploded, com- just exploded off of their bodies. <laughs> Um, Tony Stark is, you know, coughing up blood at various points, broken bones, um, a lot of damage done, a lot of, uh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of gore, yeah, a fair amount of gore, yeah, oh, yeah, there's some gross, uh, really gross stuff, uh, okay, let's, let's get into the plot here, so, um, Tony is, uh, feeling restless as he does at the start of so many, so many Iron Man stories, and, um, uh, the general idea is that he he invents the iPhone. I, I I think I've talked about this before as well, is that he invents the iPhone at the beginning of this book. And um, I don't think it was pre-iPhone, or maybe it was, and Warren Ellis is just that good. Uh, which is, if, if I was going to believe that anybody would be able to predict the iPhone... Uh, with such detail before it comes out, it would be him. And I don't feel like looking up 
uh, when the iPhone came out, and neither does Stan. Stan is asleep. Stan is always asleep by the second segment. You should know that. There's this virus being developed. It's called the extremist extremist virus, and it rewrites your DNA and makes you powerful. It's basically like a superhero thing. And uh, Tony Stark comes up against one of the individuals who survived the extremist process, a guy named Malin. And uh, he's basically like a... I'm saying basically a whole lot, and I apologize for that. He is a terrorist. Um, good old-fashioned white American terrorist, just like you uh, you see on the news every day. And... <laughs> And he decides he's going to go do some damage in Washington, D.C., comes up against Iron Man, and Iron Man is too slow and too clunky and can't beat him. He can't deal with it. He gets the absolute crap kicked out of him, and he goes to see his friend Maya. Now, if you've seen Iron Man 3, a lot of these elements are going to be familiar to you. Um, They don't use the virus necessarily. I don't even think they call the new armor extremist. Did they call it extremist? Oh yeah, yeah, they did. It wasn't. uh, It wasn't uh, some random terrorist organization. It was the Mandarin. I really got to watch that movie again. Man, that was good. That was good. Uh, But oddly enough, that's one of the few Marvel films that I've only watched once, and uh, not multiple times. Yeah, I've only seen that once. I really got to watch that again. Uh, Ben Kingsley alone was magnificent in that movie. Um, I don't care what anybody says. That was great. That was really great work. Anyway, so Tony gets crap kicked out of him, almost dies, and decides to inject himself with extremists, completely rewrites it and his DNA in the process, giving him a higher-level connection with his armor, which he will later redesign to go along with the higher-level connection and so on and so forth. You know who Tony Stark is and what he does. Um, he catches up with Malin, he faces off with him, and, um, it basically kind of, it's a preview of what the suit can do. I'm pretty sure that Warren Ellis wrote one storyline after this one, um, which was kind of a, uh, no, he didn't, he didn't. It was a one and done, as Warren Ellis is known for, uh, he basically does what he wants and then leaves. He will elevate a character to henceforth unknown heights and then leave it in the hands of uh, of Marvel to uh, sink or swim and uh, in this case Iron Man swam? swum? I don't know or care um, then you have a, an example like Moon Knight where <laughs> no one's reading Moon Knight now but it was one of the best books available when Warren Ellis was reading it which just goes to show you can like a character or rather, you can have a favorite character, but what you should really have is favorite writers. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, Iron Man faces off with the guy, and his new armor and new abilities make it so that he can take him out, essentially. It's great. Everyone's excited. Everyone's having a good time, except for, of course, it's going to make troubles down the line. I absolutely think you should read this. You should read it immediately at your earliest convenience. Go and find it. Go to panelriot.com. Click the link that says Amazon, and there, there it will be. There it will be waiting for you. Just, just curled up in a little ball waiting for you. Uh, if I am not mistaken, uh, what is it, $14.02? Let's pull this up here. I got Amazon right in front of me right now. Um, $14.02 is all it's going to take. This one is temporarily out of stock, but I will do my best to find you one that is in stock. And uh, and you can acquire it, and you can 
bask in the glory that is uh, Warren Ellis and Addie Granov working together in sweet, sweet harmony to draw <laughs> to draw Tom Cruise doing things that Robert Downey Jr. would do years later. My description of this, I feel, is uh, it, it doesn't do it justice. I wanted to give a brief overview because I, I mean, there's so much here. There's so much meat to this storyline. The the different elements, the different characters, the way uh, the way that it's written, um, the overall feel. I can't. Tr- I can't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't accurately convey the feeling that you get reading this comic it's bleak but it's exciting and it's not just to do with the uh very sparse backgrounds which i mean that certainly lends itself to it it uh, it lets you focus on the dialogue it lets you focus on the uh the main artwork at hand um it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous in the most depressing way. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's borderline realistic. It's realistic enough for me to know that that looks just like Tom Cruise. Um, so just just go and check it out. Just uh, trust me when I tell you to go and check this out at your earliest convenience, and uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, We're moving right along, folks. We're going to have another quick word from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back with more Panel Riot. Stick around. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to learn something that you might share with your friends. And that something is a glass of sherry before dinner. Naturally, a glass of Petri California sherry. I say Petri sherry because it's the perfect before-dinner wine. You couldn't think of a better way to begin a meal. At Petri, sherry has a beautiful, inviting color like, like dark amber. And for flavor, well, you've heard sherry described many times as having a rich, nut-like flavor. But if you want to learn for the first time with those words rich and nut-like really mean. You just taste Petri Sherry. It's wonderful. Serve Petri Sherry by itself or serve it with hors d'oeuvres or or those little cocktail sandwiches. And incidentally, if you prefer your sherry dry, you know, not sweet, just ask your wine merchant for Petri Pale Dry Sherry. Well, the important thing to remember is if you want sherry, you want Petri Sherry because that means good sherry. Do you love the Petri Wine family as much as I do? Do you love Petri Wine and the Petri Wine Company as much as I do? Not possible. They are the family that took time to bring you good wine, and they're the family that took time to bring you this podcast. Thank you very much to the Petri Wine Company, the Petri Wine family, and uh, just, just they're so great. They're just so great. I'm just, I'm just so lucky to have them. As sponsors on this podcast for a whole year, they stuck with me for a whole year. And folks, I can finally announce after all this time, it was touch and go for a little while there. Negotiations were tough, but we've secured the Petri Wine family 
for another year. That's right. The Petri Wine family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, will be sponsoring Panel Riot for a whole other year. Viva la Petri Wine! Viva la Petri Wine! I couldn't think of a second thing to say there, which would have made it funnier. Folks, we're talking about Iron Man. We're talking about Tony Stark. And uh, you can't do that without going back to the beginning. Back to the beginning to wait for Vicini. Um, Iron, the first appearance of Iron Man, uh, Iron Man number one. Uh, let's get into it, because um, this one is a doozy. This one, <laughs> there's really no easy way, no, really no easy way to say this. This is some straight up racist shit. Because... <laughs> Uh, okay, so I had never read the origin story, the first original origin story of Tony Stark. Uh, and now I have... So, of course, Stanley. Okay, Stanley comes up with this. Uh, script by Larry Lieber. Art by Don Heck. Lettering by Art Simek. And it is, uh, it is of course, very text-heavy as, uh, as comics of the time likely... I mean, they were likely were likely to be. So, I mean, you, if you saw the first Iron Man movie, you know a lot of this. Iron Man is going to, you know, he's out in the jungle where a war is happening, and he gets attacked um, and uh, hurt, and he's got shrapnel in his uh, next to his heart. All this happens on one page. He goes from, uh, you know, out in the jungle to in an operating table. Now, I'm going to read what is written here, okay? And please note that I have already said this is some straight-up racist shit. This is exactly how it's written, okay? Later, at the Gorilla Chief's headquarters, they have already established a character known as the Gorilla Chief. He is a portly Asian man. His papers reveal he is famous Yankee weapons inventor. How is he? Bad. Much shrapnel near his heart. Impossible to operate. Cannot live longer than one week. Straight up racist shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I can't even get into how not great that is. They could have written it normally without the, you know, halting language and just put the little, you know, translated from whatever. But no, no, no. No, no, no. This is how it's done here. So, um, the next page, everything that happens on the next page is Tony wakes up. The guy says, build me a weapon. Here's a room full of stuff. Tony starts working on uh, plans for the Iron Man suit. And Yinsen shows up. Yinsen is, again, a super stereotypical older Asian man. <laughs> Straight up racist bullshit. Good lord. In one page, in one page, they meet and talk and build the Iron Man armor. This all happens very, very quickly. In the next page, they launch the Iron Man armor and Yinsen is killed. It's an off panel thing. And all of it is bang. And another dialogue box that says it is done drag him away and iron man's hanging out on the table in his uh mach one iron man armor <laughs> and he gets up and he falls over and he gets up and he learns to walk and um then he escapes 
the rest of the pages are him escaping and killing a bunch of people and and uh, beating the crap out of everyone, the, the portly Asian man. There is um, something that I feel sets the tone for Iron Man for the rest of forever, and uh, you know the hallmark of Tony Stark is a brilliant inventor. Um, and it's a couple of panels. I'll just charge the. I'll just reverse the charge on this magnetic turbo insulator and use a top hat transistor to increase its repelling power a thousandfold. Is that techno babble? Sure, sure, especially for the time. Uh, there, reverse magnetism, it works like a charm, and um, all their uh, guns and explosives go flying away from him and everything like that. And then the portly Asian man starts speaking into a microphone, and Tony Stark's like, oh, I can fix that, and then it becomes static, and then it becomes his own voice. It's a whole weird, stupid thing. <laughs> and then he blows up the entire base and wanders off in one page, in one page, for his short little... Uh, monologue seconds later iron man has recharged his batteries and then he's just standing there hanging out in his suit looking groovy i have set the prisoners free and the reds have fled in blind panic it's all over now professor yinsen rest easy you who sacrificed your life to save mine have been avenged Ooh, foreshadowing probably maybe not uh, and then he's the, <laughs> it's just him walking away in a trench coat and a hat, not even in the Iron Man armor, whatever, just wandering through a misty jungle. Um, as for the Iron Man, that metallic Hulk who once was Anthony Stark, who knows what destiny awaits him? Time alone will provide the answer. Time alone. That's not a that's a, that's a thought bubble he's having. He's narrating his own shit, Tony Stark. <laughs> Yeah, Tony Stark was always an uh, egotistical, egotistical jerkbag. Uh, of course, don't miss more of Iron Man in the next great issue of Tales of Suspense. And that's it. That's it. That is our debut of Iron Man. <laughs> uh, wow. Should you read it? Sure, sure. You should for historical purposes only, not for joy reasons. Don't read this for joy reasons, because there's very little joy reasons to be had here, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, it's it's good, it's interesting, sure, if only for historical reasons alone. It's, uh, it's really a trip. It's really something else. I did not expect, I don't know why I didn't expect this, but I did not expect that much racism. Boy, boy, was there some serious racism going on there. That was, um, I actually uh, read that from uh, the Iron Man Marvel Masterworks uh, Volume 1 by Stan Lee and Don Heck with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. Uh, collects a lot, of, uh, a lot of tales of suspense. And, uh, of course, that starts with the, uh, the silver, straight-up, old-school Iron Man. And eventually he turns into gold Iron Man. And then the, uh, the red and yellow one that we... Uh, come to love uh these stories are pre-demon in the bottle iron man of course um so they don't get into that but uh go to panelriot.com click on the button that says amazon and there will be a link in there waiting for you if you want to uh pick this up which you should should it's it's great from a historical perspective uh if nothing else and uh, and that's it, folks. Those are the uh, the three eras of Iron Man I am examining uh, on this week's edition of Panel Riot. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
Um, I want to give you a little preview of what's to come uh, in the coming months of Panel Riot. I am going to have a few guests on the show. I am thrilled to death to have these people on slash back on. Um, I am going to start up a series called The Best. The best, the absolute best, the best comics that are available today. And uh, we're going to talk about... Well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about. That's going to be a surprise. But I can tell you that the incredible Kristen Ross will be joining us once again to talk about comics. She is fantastic and can't wait for that. Ellen Hemington will be making her much-vaunted return to Panel Riot. And she is bringing along a special guest, uh, Meredith Staten. Meredith Staten, who is wonderful in every way. She's a childhood friend of mine, and uh, she has excellent taste in comics. I can't wait to have those two on together. That's going to be a blast. We will be soon having TJ Tag. TJ Tag will be returning to Panel Riot. I think we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know yet. Whatever it will be, it will be a good time. And uh, we will also soon be featuring uh, the one, the only... Riz. Riz the Fur will be joining us of Riz Plays Games. We are going to talk about comic book-based video games. It's going to be a blast, and uh, this is what you have to look forward in the future of Panel Riot, most likely next month, most most likely in September. We need to get some recording dates set, um, but uh, in the meantime, probably I'm going to watch some X-Men the Animated Series, maybe do a couple more of those. Maybe I'll do this again, but Thor... Who knows? Maybe just straight up the Avengers. Straight up the Avengers. Who knows? Who knows? But stick around. I am so very glad uh, to know that you guys are out there listening to Panel Ride. It means the world to me. Before we close the book on another episode, I have a few things to share with you. Would you like more Panel Riot? Well more is available. You can find us at our underwater, underground base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, all manner of things, including donating to the cause, become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few Patreon exclusives. Each and every month, I will review a random comic for your exclusive enjoyment. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. You will join the glorious ranks of our Patreon supporters, uh, mainly Sorgatron, at Sorgatron. That's right, that's that Sorgatron of Sorgatron Media. He is, uh, he is precious in my sight, and we are very glad to have him as a supporter of the show. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the marijuana and Trader Joe's enthusiast, Intern Stan, at Intern Stan. You can hear us all over the place, including Stitcher, Smart Radio, Spreaker, and, of course, iTunes. If none of those work for you, you can head over to panelriot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you will be whisked away to a land of episode descriptions and browser players. I hope you enjoy it. If you are an if you are an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. It helps more people find the podcast, and you will finally make your parents proud if you do it. I would love to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell us what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, uh, what your favorite era of Iron Man is, and which era of Tony Stark you identify with most. If you do, we'll read it on the show. We've done it before. The likes of Mad Mike and Mad Mike alone because he's the only person who's ever written into the show. Thanks, Mad Mike. Please write in again. 
Thanks for listening, True Believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. <laughs>